Consequence Podcast Network. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Sophie Lloyd and I am here rocking out with Beyond the Boys Club on the Consequence Podcast Network. You are in for a treat because we have got the one and only Sophie Lloyd on the show. She is really one of the biggest up-and-coming rock guitarists anywhere right now. I mean, she's got almost a million Instagram followers, just huge following on all of her social networks, and she's an incredible guitarist. You may know her from Machine Gun Kelly's band because she's been his touring guitarist for a while, and she just... I mean, when you see Machine Gun Kelly and his band on the stage, she sticks out because she's this amazing female, just like shredding machine up there. She does an amazing job with Machine Gun Kelly. So a lot of people discovered her through that, but a lot of people also discovered her online. I mean, she really rose to fame with these viral guitar playing videos that she posts, which are incredible, and she still posts them to this day, so... Very cool. She's got a new her first ever solo record, Imposter Syndrome, which is great. I've heard the whole thing. And what I love is that she's obviously a, a guitarist and a solo guitarist because she does a lot of great instrumental guitar stuff. But she went and handpicked a bunch of different guests for this record and they all lend their voices. Really cool lineup of people. Not exactly who I would expect. Michael Starr from Steel Panther, which is such a fun, just 80s type band, just a really fun band. She's got a track with them called Runaway, which is really fun and just a party happy track. Trevor from the Christian rock band Thousand Foot Crutch in there. Tyler Conley from Theory of a Dead Man, who he's great, one of my favorite vocalists. And of course, Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm, who needs no introduction. Lizzie Hale, one of the strongest voices in rock music right now. And she appears on the title track off Imposter Syndrome. It's a great song. Just, It's really cool. I love seeing these artists who are collaborating so much. It's something that I feel like has always been a thing, but it's been even more prevalent lately. And it's funny because another guitarist who I kind of put in the same vein is Sophie Lloyd is Nita Strauss, who is Alice Cooper's guitarist. She toured with Demi Lovato for a while and She also just released a new solo record featuring a bunch of different vocalists. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a trend. I don't know, but I like it. And we will ask Sophie Lloyd all about that and about her experience as a woman in music and much more. Hey, if you don't subscribe to the podcast yet, you are missing out on all the fun. Do it right now. Just subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we'll be right back with the one and only Sophie Lloyd. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sophie Lloyd, it is amazing to have you on the show. I'm a big fan. You're like a goddess. I mean, I always check out all of your Instagram stuff. You serious? Oh my gosh, you're so humble. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me on it. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. So you've got this great new solo record on the way. Before we get to that, I want to go back a little bit and just, you know, tell me how is it that you first discovered and wanted to start being, you know, a rock guitarist? It's, I remember the story recently, earlier this year, and it's actually really embarrassing. It was basically, when I was a kid, I used to be obsessed with Spongebob. And it was that episode of Spongebob where they're like in like the glass dome and he's like performing for the crowd. And then he's got this guitar, Patrick has this guitar and starts floating it up. And it's like, they're singing like Twisted Sisters, like I want to rock, but it's like, I'm a goofy goober rock. And I think I saw that and I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So, you know, that's sort of what inspired that I like wanted to do that. Like, I just have that feeling because I thought that was so cool, as embarrassing as that is. And then, you know, my dad was always really into, um, you know, sort of classic rock and stuff. So really got me into that, that style of music. And yeah, then the rest is history, I guess. Are you saying that SpongeBob inspired you to pick up guitar? Yeah, he's a very inspirational little sponge. <laughs> That's possibly the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) It's so embarrassing when I have to tell people. Everyone thinks I'm this cool rocker. Then I'm like, no, (laughs) if only you knew. No, I think you just made SpongeBob cooler. So that works. (laughs) (laughs) You brought up your dad. I was actually going to ask, were your parents like really supportive early on? Or were they like, oh my gosh, my little girl wants to be a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was quite lucky where they've both my mom and my dad has always been really supportive of what I do, which has been amazing. I saw throughout school, I didn't, because I didn't really study music throughout school at all. It was always kind of an extracurricular thing. And like, I was going to go to university. I got a scholarship to go to Sussex University in England to do um, forensic science, which I was super interested. My dad was like, yes, she's going to be a scientist. And then like a week before I went, I was like, ah, actually... I think maybe I want to give this music thing a shot. And luckily, you know, they were both so supportive. They took me to go to an open day and they were like, yeah, that's definitely you. Like, you need to go there and try that first. Like, you know, they they always believed in me and kind of knew, knew I would, you know, do something with it. So, Oh, that's great. No, that's so good lucky. to hear. And well, tell me, how did you get hooked up with Machine Gun Kelly and get that gig and everything? Yeah, that was really random. Like, it was... Basically, it was literally just like a message on Instagram. I think it was Rooks, who's the drummer, his dad, like, followed me on Instagram and then obviously showed Rook. And then they were looking for another guitarist to kind of, so Kels could kind of take a step back a little bit and focus on, like, singing and performance and stuff. So uh, then Rook, you know, sort of showed my videos to Kels and he, he liked it. He literally just messaged me on Instagram being like, yo, are you in L.A.? And I was like, I wasn't. I was in England. But I was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <happening>. yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yes, we, I was like, yes, I'll, I'll travel. So uh, we made it work within like, you know, I was kind of out there within a couple of months and it was, yeah, it was amazing. We just sort of had a Zoom with, with everyone. Um, I sent them some videos, you know, of me playing live and stuff. And that was kind of, that was it. And then I was out there rehearsing with them like a month or two later. So when you're performing with Machine Gun, what do you do to his songs to try? I mean, do you try to kind of like bring a metal or a rock edge to them? Because I do feel like live, you know, I've seen you perform with him on TV and stuff. It's incredible. And I feel like you kind of make the songs your own. Yeah, definitely. Like what's cool about performing with him is he's super open to people's ideas and to sort of really kind of changing the songs from what they were on the album, creating something new with them in different styles. So like a lot of the more rap songs, he'll have to get the guitars in and it'll kind of become like a metal song, which is really cool. And it'll have like a big breakdown in the middle, like floor 13, we do that with where there's like a big mosh bit in the middle, which is really fun. We have some crazy solos at the end and he loves like guitar moments. And Justin, the other guitarist in the band is an amazing like R&B player. So he kind of brings that side into it. And then I sort of came in to bring the really kind of rocky shred sides into it. And I think that it kind of shouldn't work, but it really, really does. It merges really well. And uh, we get to do some cool like guitar harmony parts and kind of we have a bit of freedom to make the song kind of what we want. That's great. And then, of course, you have this amazing new solo record on the way, Imposter Syndrome. And yeah. I love it. I've, I've heard it. You know, they sent me in advance. It sounds it's so great. So I'm wondering, first of all, what inspired you to do a solo record right now? Uh, thank you. Well, it's actually like been three years in the making or something. Like we started it at the beginning of, um, the pandemic when everyone was sort of locked indoors. Uh, so it's been a while that we've wanted it to come out and we've kind of had to push it back and push it back. Um, but I've wanted to do a solo album for like a long time. Like I'm really inspired by Slash and his career where he's like got, you know, obviously he's in Guns N' Roses and stuff, but he also releases records under his own name, which I think are incredible with with Miles Kennedy and uh, his first album specifically, the self-titled album. He does collabs with a bunch of different artists, like, you know, he does one with Fergie, he does one with Chris Cornell, with Lemmy, like a bunch of different people from different kind of uh, genres. And I think that was really cool. So that's kind of what inspired this album in particular was I wanted to make something like that what I can do it with the artists that I sort of grew up listening to and that I loved. So that's what's, yeah, that's what inspired this album. And like, you know, it was meant to be released last year, but then we pushed it back because of, you know, MGK. And because of that pushback, we've managed to get like, like Lizzie on it because Lizzie couldn't be on it originally because of the timeline, but now she can. So I think it's all kind of come together perfectly at this time. And I'm so excited for people to finally hear some new music from me. How did you go about picking all the big names on here? You mentioned that maybe these were kind of people that inspired you growing up. Is that how you kind of picked people? Yeah, like there's a few different ways. Like basically I wanted to, my idea for this album was I wanted to make an album for like 15 year old me who like, you know, felt a bit out of place and was going through a weird time. And all I knew was like, I loved rock music. I loved these bands. I had these bands pictures on my walls. And that was, you know, bands like Theory of Demo and Atreyu, Hellstorm still panther all of that like I you know I had their pictures on my walls and I would listen to them all the time on the way to school and was like when I was feeling down and that's sort of what made me feel like I belonged to something was that that type of music you know I really felt connected to it so I wanted to make sort of an album with her in mind and also like my parents love that like my mum is the biggest Lizzie Hale fan 
in the world. Like I remember, I have so many amazing memories of us, me and my mom, like driving to school, singing like American Boys or whatever, like at the top of our, our lungs. So like they've always held a really special place in my heart, which is kind of why I wanted uh, uh, Lizzie specifically to be like the uh, title track, sort of more emotional song. So um, which I think she absolutely nailed. So yeah, that was kind of it's sort of a bunch of things. It's all a bit cheesy, really. <laughs> no. What was it like working with Lizzie? I know she's great. I've interviewed her a bunch and she, you know, she's always a great addition to different collabs and stuff. So what was it like working with her? Yeah, she's incredible. Like this, this album has all been, like I said, because we started in COVID, it's all kind of been a lot of, unfortunately, we couldn't like get in the studio together and work in person for any of these songs, really. It's all been kind of back and forth over, over the internet, which has actually been really cool. And I've met Lizzie a few times now and she's just the most incredible person like she's so sweet she's like when we first met we kind of discussed the song and I was talking to her about sort of my imposter syndrome and what I've gone through and what the kind of album is inspired by and what I'm trying to portray and she just listened so deeply and really kind of took what I was saying and built it into like the lyrics of that song which I thought was really really special so she's just amazing how much she truly cares about all the projects she does and just is just such a nice caring person in that industry because you know it's one of those industries that can be full of dickheads but she's just like such a sweetheart and she stayed so humble and it's just an incredible person all of the band are so tell me a little about the inspiration behind that title imposter syndrome you mentioned that you talked to lizzie about it before she helped you know write the title track so i'm curious yeah so imposter syndrome is basically the inability to believe that you like deserve the success that you've gained so you're you're at a position, but you always feel like you're there just because of luck or something like that, that you haven't actually earned your achievements and accomplishments at any moment. You'll be, you know, outed as like a fraud or an imposter or whatever. And that's something I really struggled with, I think, because my career started kind of unconventionally on the internet, on YouTube. So it was less about playing live and more about, you know, getting the perfect take. You you know, you might film like five or six times before you're like happy with something, you know. I think that sort of created a complex for me where, you know, although I, you know, had this kind of level of success, I didn't really feel like I kind of earned it. I didn't feel like I really deserved it. And that was something that, which, you know, led to a lot of anxiety, a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of self-doubt with with my career and just life in general, I guess. Um, so that's something that I, at the beginning of COVID, I sort of made the decision that I really want to try and resolve this and become more confident and be able to do this sort of stuff and that's when we start writing this album for me to try and kind of move past that so I became a lot more open about it on the internet I did some videos on my YouTube about imposter syndrome about anxieties about self-doubt and stuff across you know across everything but specifically in music because I feel like it's something people don't talk about too much in the rock music scene but it's something everyone kind of experiences and yeah I kind of went from that not wanting to play live not wanting to really do you know anything that wasn't behind a screen sort of throughout this album I've gone from that to now playing you know stadiums and you know some amazing venues and I think that that journey that I've been on throughout this album is just so kind of fitting and I've kind of come out the other side working with all these incredible people sharing all these amazing kind of moments and chats with them and now I feel like I've kind of conquered that a little bit and you know, it's a work in progress, but I feel I'm really excited now for, for things and I'm not doubting myself. I I think I'm pretty good, I guess. <laughs> pretty good. Oh my gosh. No, you're amazing. And that's really amazing to hear. You know, I can imagine that like 
coming up more on the internet. And like you mentioned, you can do different takes and get everything quote unquote perfect that when you're performing live and just in real life, you can't be perfect. And that might be something that people, you know, struggle with. And it's okay. I mean, people love those imperfections too, because it's all real. Exactly. That's the thing is it's part of the live experience. Like if you want to hear it perfect, you just listen to the album. But like, I love it when there's those little moments in live shows where someone messes up or the band like has an interaction or something cool. That's what makes it fun and interesting to me. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I know. I agree. When I've been at shows and something goes wrong, it's like, oh, this is exciting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It it makes it exciting. It makes the people more relatable, like you feel more connected to them. And that's thing I kind of had to learn that I could put myself in that position and it would be okay, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it is totally relatable. And I love your track with Michael Starr from Steel Panther Runaway. That is so fun. It's just like a fun, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I wanted for that one. I just wanted to do like a big fun 80s sort of homage to the 80s and a more kind of modern thing. And like the music video was so much fun as well. Yeah. So tell me, what was it like doing that music video and working with him? The video is like really wild and fun. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It was such a crazy day because we, yeah, invited Michael down. Again, Michael's like the sweetest guy. He made sure to go around everyone there at that bar and say hello and have a conversation with everyone. It was so much fun. I did make the mistake of providing free alcohol that day to oh. everyone that came down. <laughs> so everyone, like after the shoot, after the shoot. No, during the shoot. Because <laughs> I was like, I want a party atmosphere. Like you're at a gig. Like you guys can have some shorts before we go on. And oh my God, it was crazy. It was like, it just spiraled out of control so quickly, but it was it was so much fun, but I was like sober during all of this, trying to like, you know, contain everyone. Like, no, no, you have to, we have to get this shot for him to calm down. <laughs> and it was like, all the girls were just dancing on the bar and it was fun because we got to like, you know, it was inspired by Coyote Ugly, the one of my favorite sort of 80s, 90s movies. And so we wanted to get like the hell no H2O shot where they squirt, you know, water over everyone. So we were doing that with all the girls in the bar, ended up in this like massive water fight at the end where everyone was soaked. And it was just like such a fun, such a fun day as well as like the music. And I feel like that comes across like in the video as well. You can tell everyone's like really having fun and being silly. And it was, although it was chaotic and stressful kind of for me on the day being the sober (laughs) one in charge, (laughs) but um, it was, it came out so well and everyone just had such a good time. And, you know, Michael loved it as well. He was the sweetest guy. It was definitely such a fun experience. That's great. So yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's Runaway. It is like shot in a bar. It's just a big, fun bar party type song. And yeah, I thought it was perfect for the song. So the video. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) When you're writing music on guitar, especially like for this record, do you think of the vocals? Oh, you know, I can imagine a vocal line here. Or do you just kind of do your thing and then just wait for the vocalist to come through kind of with their vision for the vocals and lyrics? It can kind of be a bit of both. Like I never want like the kind of vocalist to feel like they're in a box and they have to sing this line and maybe it doesn't suit their voice. So I'll always kind of send them one without anything on it and they can be as creative as they want. But I also do like sort of putting a melody over it. You know, like I write a lot of instrumental stuff and that's kind of a lot of what I do on YouTube with my shreds is following melodies and and making them guitar lines and stuff. So I really enjoy that side of it. That's yeah, I more gave the vocalist freedom on this album, but I'd like to explore more of that in the future, like sort of writing the melodies either to be played on guitar or to be sung. But um, I'm an awful singer, so it wouldn't be sung by me. Yeah, that's the thing I like doing. 
<clears throat> so another guitarist who kind of reminds me, you know, what you're doing right now is Nita Strauss, who I'm sure you're familiar um, with. Yeah, yeah, she's the, great. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's just released a new solo record with a bunch of different guest vocalists and that sort of thing. Do you kind of feel like this might be a new genre? I mean, I think it's cool. It's like these instrumental guitar players who are now working with these big named rockers to make music. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think especially like collabs have become such an important thing in music. Like, I guess it's kind of the way things are going with the internet as well and TikTok. Like, everyone's kind of collabing with everyone across all genres. And I think it's it's really, really cool to see these people like come together that you wouldn't expect and just make this whole whole new beast. And like it, it brings fans together. It, you know, you can share your fans with people. It's it's really cool. Like I, I love the idea of like the collab sort of the way that music's going at the moment. And that kind of collab thing I think is awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So when you started out in music, did you feel any pushback or sexism because you were a woman in this genre? You're younger than a lot of the people I've interviewed, so I'm not sure. Maybe by the time it got to you, it wasn't as prevalent. But did you ever kind of feel like, oh, you know, because I'm a woman, they're looking at me differently? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think any, well, any women, unfortunately, any women in, in most industries always experience like something like that. It's just sort of. I guess it sounds bad, but thing we kind of have to put up with in some senses. It's got a lot better. I will say I haven't had any anything serious happen to me. Like I've always felt very safe and very protected by the people I'm around. I always try and surround myself with really, you know, good people. So but there's always, you know, like I'll I'll have like stage text come on and be like, be like, okay, you plug this into the amp and then you plug this, you know, and I'm like I'm like, oh, thank you. I just like play off it now. I'm just like, oh, thank you so much. And what's, what do I do with this end? I don't know where to put this. Like, <laughs> it's so silly. Like, they'll just explain it. And then, you know, I can like, as soon as I'm plugged in, I'll like rip a sonar or something and I'll be like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> she does know. But yeah, like stuff like that, unfortunately, you know, does happen a lot. And I think we're starting to see a new side of it where I'm seeing a lot more like female musicians on stage and female bands and I think that's really cool, but like a lot of like the sort of behind the scenes stuff is still very male dominated, I found. It can be a struggle. I think just like I said, surrounding yourself with good people who won't, you know, take shit and have your back and everything is is important. Yeah. Have you ever been at a show where they think that you're a fan or something and they don't realize oh that you're part of the band performing? The time, 
all the time because <laughs> obviously with like MGK, like the band, you know, they're, they're rock stars. They have like a lot of girls around and stuff a lot of the time, like backstage. And so they'll always let the band through and then they'll stop me. And like, <laughs> I'm like, I think I was just on stage. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like they always just think I'm like a little a groupie following them around. Like it's, and I, yeah, like you, you notice kind of the, what I think is interesting is you notice the change in how people treat you from before the show when they, you know, think I'm like a fan or whatever. And then after the show, you know, then before the show, they'll like completely ignore you. They'll be like rude to you. And then after the show, they're like really trying to be your friend and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, it's just like kind of annoying. It's, it's interesting to see kind of, I guess you see the different sides of everything when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah, I know. It's definitely a learning experience and learning about human nature, not always a good part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of opens your eyes to to the world. Yeah. Do you feel any kind of a special like kinship or friendship with other women in the industry? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's always like every time I meet another female musician, it's always like it's kind of like you've been friends for, for ages if you know what I mean there's always just a, <laughs> like because you just understand each other's struggles and stuff and there's I feel like it's it's nice because it's a very supportive atmosphere like everyone really wants the best for for other music female musicians and stuff and everyone's kind of bigging each other up and supporting so I think it's actually a really really nice community that's great yeah I know I mean I think that I notice a lot more women in music everyone who I've talked to notices more women in rock and metal music these days which is great but it's still pretty male dominated why do you think yeah. that you know yeah why do you think that it's still that way I think it's definitely starting to I think it's like a couple of things I think it's definitely starting to switch over like I think like a couple of years ago it was more girls that bought guitars than guys or something at least in the UK I think so like it's I think it's starting to switch I think also a lot of it is you know just kind of personal interest, what you grow up kind of doing and what your peer group is. And like, you're sort of influenced by the people around you. And sometimes I feel like girls, like, cause you know, I'm a kind of, I'm a proper girly girl as well. Like I love makeup. I love, you know, getting dressed, dressed up. Like, you know, I love that stuff. And sometimes that doesn't always go hand in hand with the kind of rock mental thing. Like being on tour For as sure. a girl is really hard. <laughs> Like, right. You know, oh, yeah. You wanna, yeah. Especially because I was like the only girl on the tour bus with like 12 dudes. And it was like, oh. you know, it's rough. And obviously, you know, girls, you know, not to get too graphic, but, you know, we have periods, we go for all of this stuff that does make it a little bit more difficult, you know, right. to go on tour and to do music and stuff like that that people don't think about. That it's definitely more of a male kind of accessible thing. So mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that would be cool to see some sort of shift in, in a sense. But, yeah, I'm seeing it so much more actually. I was I was surprised when I went on on tour how many bands do have like girls and like Olivia Rodrigo has like pretty much an all girl band. Obviously, Demi has an all girl band. Yeah, Beyonce, Scissor. Like, there's a lot mm -hmm. of acts coming up where there's I'm seeing like a bunch of incredible female musicians that are kind of almost taken over. So, although there is definitely a swing, I think it's you know swinging like metal dominating I think it is sort of starting to come back and I th especially in rock and metal like it's such an open friendly community it's it feels like a really safe space uh for, yeah. for women in general like I've personally anyway from the experiences I've had yeah 
So what advice do you have for girls who want to get into music and maybe they are a little hesitant for different reasons? I'd say like just kind of you just sort of have to take the plunge. Like it's difficult. Like you just be creative and express yourself with it. Like use it as a as a form and like an outlet to you know think you, you can kind of put your feelings and emotions into like if you're writing or whatever you don't need to show anyone at the beginning you could just do it for yourself make sure you're doing you know the stuff you're you really love and that you're really passionate about then just you know try and work with some other musicians as well I think that's what's definitely made me a better musician is collabing with other people and joining bands and you know doing all of this stuff like you know getting ideas from other people there's also some like amazing courses on YouTube and online, like music is so accessible nowadays. Like even people doing quick 30 second lessons on TikTok, like I've been learning some R&B stuff on there. Yeah, just just go for it. Just be open and be a good person or show up on time for rehearsals and stuff <laughs> and be nice and, you know, it'll be great. So where do you see yourself in 10 or 20 years? Uh, like... On a personal note, I, I like I wanna. My dream is to open a animal sanctuary. Eventually, it's oh, amazing. That's like yeah, that's thing I would love to do. Like rescuing um dogs and stuff from like kill shelters and stuff. I'd love to help out some somehow in that realm. That's thing I want to try and set up in the next ten years or so. Once I get a bit more money from everything, that's kind of what I want to put everything towards. Musically, I would, you know, love to have some more albums out. I think I'm going to be doing singles for for a little bit rather than full albums. That's just kind of the way music's going at the moment is more singles and collabs. So I definitely want to be doing that. Um, I would love to maybe, you know, get into some sort of presenting thing as well. Maybe some TV stuff I think would be fun. Definitely touring my own shows in some way. Like I love Lindsay Sterling. She's this violinist. She does the most incredible world tours that are kind of like, Cirque du Soleil combined with amazing musical talent for violining. And like, I think the way she performs and the way she does her tours is so cool. And I'd love to eventually kind of do something like that with my own thing. Yeah, I don't know quite what that looks like yet, but I think that would be amazing. That would, yeah. She was on tour with Evanescence, I remember, a few years ago. Yeah. And I saw some clips. Yeah, definitely. I could definitely see you doing something like that and making it your own with a guitar. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, she's so inspiring. Like the fact she's sort of been able to take that like have that career as just an instrumentalist that doesn't sing and doesn't have words to her songs she can still you know put on these incredible shows that are so entertaining to to watch well sophie it's been so fun hanging out with you and congrats on the new record imposter syndrome it's awesome i'm just really excited to see what is next for you thank you so much for having me this has been so fun and yeah i'm excited too Sophie Lloyd, thanks for being a great guest on the show. And I love the story about how she says that people all the time actually think she is a groupie and not in the band when she's performing with Machine Gun Kelly, because I've interviewed a bunch of different women and they've all kind of had that experience. But it sounds like Sophie has it a lot more than everyone else. And I just want to think about the expression on those people's faces when they're like, oh, no, no, no you can't go on stage. No, you can't do that because that's just for the band. You can't do that. And then she waltzes on there and does her shredding and kills it up there. I want to see the expression on those people's faces when they realize that, yeah, she's part of the band and women can rock as well. 
but really great new record, Imposter Syndrome. Check that out and follow Sophie Lloyd on social media because she has a ton of really great videos and fun footage and crazy stuff. So if you like rock music, check that out. Another cool thing was I like how she described how she picked the vocalist for this record because when I first saw the list of vocalists and the kind of bands that were being represented like Thousand Foot Crutch, Atreyu, Theory of a Dead Man. I mean, those are all bands I really like, but it wasn't the typical guest vocalist roster of like classic bands. But as it turns out, these are bands that actually inspired her. She had posters of these people on her wall. And what a thrill to be able to now work with those people. I've had that a little bit in that I've interviewed a bunch of the bands who growing up I had posters on my wall with them. And if you had told me when I was that age that, hey, one day you're going to be talking to these people and meeting up with them and that sort of thing, I never would have believed it. I would have thought you were crazy. And I don't know, she probably feels the same way, but it's really cool that she could take a band like Steel Panther or Theory of a Dead Man who for years she followed as a fan growing up and now she can actually just like make it work and actually do a record with them i think that's wonderful and i like how she talked about what it was like working with lizzie hale because i've interviewed lizzie a bunch and i think down to earth is really the best way to describe her you would never know that she's one of the biggest rock stars in the world because she is just very down to earth and yeah it's cool that she got that vibe and that lizzie really took the meaning of the record imposter syndrome and really wanted to use that to write the lyrics and make sure that she was kind of telling Sophie's story with that title track. I think that is awesome. But yeah, another really fun episode. And thank you for being a part of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Do it right now because then you'll be the first to hear every new episode. And we have a lot of great ones on the way. All right. Well, I'm Ann Erickson. Again, thank you for rocking. And until next time, keep rocking. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.